Where you got the yams? 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 Hey y'all. Good evening, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to um episode 14 of the Yams Podcast. It is your girl Shell Bells. It's AC. And tonight we have the Petty Passes with us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all I had to do it. Shout out to the Petty Passes. The Petty in the Passes building. in the building. Would you all like to introduce yourselves? Mm-hmm. No? You don't want to? <laughs> okay, so we got Nathaniel Carter. Come on, Nathaniel. Come on, Nate. Nathaniel. Passing Nate. <laughs> Nathaniel. <laughs> grabbing two dimes out the ashtray. <laughs> And we, I'm just gonna call you Pop because that's who you are. Okay, you'll forever be Pop. You'll forever I don't be think Pop. You can get rid of that. Word. Forever. So they was gonna put that on the side of his church van, but it couldn't fit. <laughs> 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 they could put it on the side they of the church. <laughs> yeah, you're forever Pop. I don't think I've ever called you by your your real name no. ever in life since we was little. Nah, nobody does. Yeah, no. So okay, we yeah. are excited to have these gentlemen here with us tonight. So yes, we are indeed. we have already prayed that um <laughs> we won't slip up and say nothing oh, crazy. Yeah. And we're gonna need y'all to pray for us too because you know I'm how like we pray real get. hard. Like sprinkle the sprinkle the holy oil on everything. Yeah, okay? yeah. Because we're gonna need it. Yeah. So we're gonna serve because I didn't slip up. Wait, but we didn't touch our uh, communion bread. We need we need oh, the body in here. Word to the communion, y'all. We really got communion <laughs> yes. up in here. We went and got we bread. got some wine, and we have our the the body of Christ from Texas Roadhouse. Oh yes, let us eat together. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's about to be a real praise party yeah. up in here. And drinky all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Do this in the remembrance of me. Okay. Oh, yes. Let me stop for the Lord. This is my body. (laughs) He about to shut down this whole operation. Like, y'all are playing way too much. Way too much. We got to stop. But thank y'all for for, uh, joining us. (laughs) No, for real, because. Because it's uh, smelling good. Um, But, y'all, we had mad jokes before we started, y'all. Yeah. We're going to be cracking up. We we ain't even get it on the air, so this is about to be a fun episode. So, um, but thank y'all for coming. Yeah, and, and busting it up with the yams. Yeah, thanks for having tonight. Us. So, Word. so we gonna go ahead and get into this icebreaker. Yeah, we're never gonna get that right. Nah, it's okay. That's all right. Um, get them dipping into the body. Yes, the Lord is Them things still look soft too. They do. They Shout all nice. They put the butter, the buttery butter in the bag. Let me get y'all a knife. Hold on. Let me. They crucified Jesus. <laughs> y'all I don't know how many people y'all told them was going to be here, but <laughs> we're we going to eat all No, they only food. sell it in like the, a dozen, a half dozen and dozen, I think. Something like that. Whatever. We're going to tear that bread up. Dude. Yeah, it's about to be a wrap. And I said I was going to not, you know, I was going to chill with hey, the carbs. Y'all lied. You know, so we're going to eat this communion real quick. Bless them. Praise him Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Real quick with that good cinnamon butter. <laughs> that ain't how Jesus did it, though. He sent this back when he, you know, we, you know, we just finished that with uh, Resurrection Sunday on the third day. He got that with his butter right in his hand. <laughs> he, got, he had this butter right in his hand. <laughs> I can't. 
can't. We don't know. The Lord might be. I cannot. Like real cinnamon flavored. I don't know. I can't with y'all. Came up off that tune with the cinnamon. We don't know. All right, y'all. So we just going to do this icebreaker. We got a couple questions, and we are yeah. So we're reading from the three thousand questions about me book. So we just going to pick some random questions because we are ill prepared, and so we didn't actually prepare a real icebreaker. Yeah, we've been all over the place today, y'all. We got stuck in traffic getting the communion. It took us an hour. To get to Monroeville. See what I'm saying? See how he do? The devil Plan. is a liar. Mm-hmm. Plan. Ain't nothing but a The devil is a pothole. That's what he is. <laughs> 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 the, the devil is that dip in Route 30. That's what the devil is. <laughs> Y'all can't. <laughs> Let me see. Y'all Let me see. Up. Already. <laughs> Oh, no, we can't do that. Pop is married. Um, oh, we can't get Pop in trouble? No. I got this. <laughs> yeah, we, no, we can't have no, no sanctified killings in here. No, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I love Jesus. That don't mean I'm yeah, ready to go. No. Um, can y'all pass me one of them, them breads, though? <laughs> one uh, of them breads? Go ahead and get one of them. <laughs> 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 oh, y'all. y'all okay, me. here's a question for you guys. Are you more worried about doing things right or doing the right things? Oh. Um. Mm. I guess Man, it depends I because I can be a goody two shoes sometimes. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I'm more concerned about doing things right. And I think so, too, because when I mess up, I, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Oh, I me think. too. Oh, my God. This is why we get along yes. so well. So, yes. when I mess up stuff, I get mad. Yeah. Or if um, I know or if I have the feeling I'm going to do something wrong, I'd just rather not do it. If I if I don't do the right thing, I just kind of chalk it up like, oh, mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I'll learn from it. I'm yeah. Good. Let me get one of them breads. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think um I think I would focus more on um doing the right thing. Um because of the same thing. Like I'm I'm a perfectionist and so anything that I do I want it to kind of be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just want it to be perfect. Um and if I just everything I did a Listen to these <laughs> these imperfect saints talking about trying to do perfect stuff. Look at listen to us. So it's doing it right or doing the right thing. That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one are you more concerned with? I'm more concerned with doing it right. Okay. Yeah, I think everything that I try to do, I try to do it like to capacity. So. Even if it's sometimes, even if it's, even if it may Y'all. not be, you know, the, the most right thing to do, I mm. at least want to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Just in case y'all wondering what that was, I've never had this bread from Texas Roadhouse. 
And so it just blessed my spirit. Like mm, I, I felt it. I felt it. I felt the anointing just mm-hmm. creep all up for me. It's not butter. Mm. Yeah, it's the butter. No, it's the anointing. It's the butter. Ooh, okay. It is. Wow. wow. Sent straight down from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Hey, time out. <laughs> 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 I hear in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy. Um, so we all want to do the, the thing right. Things the right way. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. All right, we can't really want to. Let me see. What is the toughest decision you've made this year? I know we're not super <laughs> far in, but just this year. <laughs> Everybody got quiet. Um, I'm chilling. I'm sorry. Mm, I don't know. So like calendar year 2018. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can go. What was the toughest decision you had to make last year then? Since 2017 is already done. For me, it was deciding whether I wanted to go to seminary or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, being a full-time pastor, full-time husband, full-time dad, Trying to figure out if I had the capacity to squeeze mm. school into my already busy schedule. That's tough. Um, <clears throat> I would say for me, um, not taking a job mm. out of state, which I knew in the long run I'd have been pissed off if I did take it. So mm-hmm. it's actually a good decision that I didn't take it. But at the time, I was like, I should have left. Hmm. Um, yeah, because y'all know I just want to leave. I'm so ready to go. So You and me both, sister. Yeah, it was tough <laughs> to be like, should I go? Should I stay? Right. But I knew I'd have been like, nope, I don't want to do this. So, and it was one of them things where I was just applying to anything just to get out of here. And so I'd have been mad in the long run. But, yeah, I think that was it. That was last year. Yeah. We all in real deep thought right now, y'all. Right. Like, this I'm, I'm really over here. Like, question like, yeah, yeah, I'm over here. Real like, deep thought right now, y'all. Mm. Okay. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a good question. Yeah. Here's an easy one. Let's just let's just move on because I. No, I'm, I'm gonna think on. I'm gonna think on these we'll, things. We'll, we can circle back. <laughs> we can circle back. Um. What is the most expensive gift you've ever bought for somebody? (sighs) (laughs) 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 Poppy had to take a sip? Yeah, right? (laughs) His face. His whole face. Right. I think we can guess on that one. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's pretty Um, self-explanatory. Most expensive gift. Now, for somebody else, well, does it have to be somebody else? Can that somebody be me? Listen, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I'm cheap. So I don't buy expensive gifts. <laughs> so I don't gotta answer this one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, cheap. <laughs> I'm like so, the uh, dad on Everybody Hates Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I would say either, uh, well, the most expensive gift. Um, 
but like everything expensive. Um, I, I would say probably the most expensive gift yeah. would probably be. What if you just gift like cash? Is that is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, cash is money. Is money? Money is expensive. Yeah, I would just say um, cash, like legit, just just cash. Y'all want some more of this body? <laughs> Which is broken for thee. <laughs> I started working out this week, but uh, well, no, yeah, I said I was going to chill with the carbs, and I lied, straight up lied. Yeah, no, I didn't say any of those things. I so here I am, <laughs> all the way lied. <laughs> but this bread is hitting y'all. Say any of those things. Um, well, here's a good one. If you could collaborate on a rap with one rapper, who would it be? Let's go dead or alive. Forever, not Sarah Jones. We already know that one. Y'all know y'all ain't gotta ask me that. Besides Nas, all right, Michelle. fine, <laughs> fine, uh, Lil Kim. Okay. What's the song gonna be called? I'm gonna make her clean it up. We wanna do a gospel song, what? like like how Snoop is doing his little gospel. Oh, that's actually good though. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I heard to his it. gospel album is good. Snoop. Yeah, he got Ranch Allen in the morning. I heard. I heard it's good. I, I didn't even listen to it, but I heard me it. either. That is good. That's interesting. Mm. Me and little Kim are going to get it. I feel like I would pick... I don't know. You said rapper? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would choose... Um, I really... Um, I like Jada Kiss. Me too. I like Jada. Um, I think when he uh, when he raps, it, it really makes sense. Mm-hmm. And he makes you think. So I, w- I would definitely say um, Jada Kiss. I would clap with him. That's a good one. When I was in college, I was a big Lupe Fiasco fan. Mm. Like Lupe was there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely dope. So it was more like intellectual. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one, too. I think I would go with Chance. I love Did Chance. You? I can't yeah. get into Chance. Love him. I like him as a person. I can't get into him as a rapper. I like Just like him. J. Cole. I cannot. Mm, I can see why people don't like J. Cole. That is a rapper. As a person, yes. Yeah. But not I, I love Chance. I would definitely jump on a song with him. So. But anyway, I think we should wrap this up because I feel like I feel booter on this side. Yeah. Like, yeah, because he's saying, yo, we need to wrap this up. Silently judging us. Right. So. Because that's what he does. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> so we are going to go ahead and wrap up our icebreaker. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm gonna be done in a minute because I might not be. I'm not making. I promise. Okay. Um. So we have our our pastors here today, and uh, yes, Lord. We really just want the opportunity to talk to you guys. You know about several things, but let's just start with you know who you are, where you pastor, how long you've been ministering, and tell us a little bit of your background. Who Hit it, Nate. <laughs> these, these gentlemen are young, so they're they're you know they're doing big they're doing things at a very young age. Yeah. So this is awesome. So um, again, my name is uh, Nate Nathaniel, whatever you want to call me. Nathaniel. <laughs> um, so I currently um, so as far as ministry in general, um, I grew up um in a Pentecostal background. I grew up at um Apostolic Faith Church in. Rankin and Swiss Bell. That's not um, be in there till six o'clock. Yeah. That, <laughs> hey yo. Oh, hey. Don't, don't 
come don't, don't come, come by his church like that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't come by his church like that. Don't yeah, come by his church. Mr. Murphy. No, y'all was really in her all day. Though. Hey, hey, just, hey. Lord. The Lord was moving. He was there. He was there. He sat Several there. Several times. Yeah. He moved in. He moved in. He moved in. So I grew up there. I was there for um, for 22 years. Um, and then after graduating college, um, I went over to a, um, a church in Hazelwood called the Fountain of Life Church. Um, there, um, I served as the youth and young adult pastor. Um, and then after maybe three or four years there, um, I branched out with um, um, a pastor from Philadelphia, and we did a, he did a church plant here, um, and I assisted him in that um, in Swissville. Um, and so I was in ministry for about a year and a half there. Um, and then after that, I really haven't uh, solidified like a, uh, a solid like church home, um, but a lot of my time and energy um, have been, um, I've had the opportunity to like what they call pulpit filling. Mm-hmm. So like on like Sunday mornings um, and the awesome part for me, um, which I'm really honored and, and humbled by that it has afforded me the opportunity to be in various um, denominations. So mm-hmm. I've preached um, in um, Pentecostal churches, I've preached in Methodist churches, Baptist churches, um, Presbyterian churches, um, which is really cool. Um, non-denominational churches, so it's been really cool. And um, from that, I've you know gained experience as far as uh, preaching. I've literally been preaching. Um, yeah, I think I was thinking on this the other day um, for ten years. I preached, um, yeah, like I preached my first sermon. When um yeah, when I was eighteen going into going into nineteen. Um and so it's been quite a journey. Um yeah, and I love it. And you ain't done. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't done. That's what's up, Nate. Trying to get my That's what it means. Uh Nate failed to mention he's also the adjunct <laughs> associate pastor of the White Lily Baptist Church. <laughs> get on over there. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, I, <laughs> yes. like I said, uh, claim it. Anton Coleman, I pastor of the White Lily Baptist Church on the west side of the city of Pittsburgh. I've uh, been pastoring for two years now. Uh, I am White Lily through and through. Both my wife and I grew up in the uh, church since we were about four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Uh, yeah, like I said, I grew up in that church all my life, went off to college, uh, came back, served as a deacon for two years, served in as, a, as an associate minister for another two years, and then uh, my pastor actually left to pastor a church in Detroit, and uh, I basically stood as an interim pastor while we were searching for another pastor, and the way that Baptist protocol works is that the congregation actually votes on who is the pastor. So mm-hmm. after we came to the end of uh, the search process, they voted me as pastor February uh, two years ago. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a husband. Uh, my wife and I will celebrate seven years of marriage wow. in Amen. May. Wow. Um, that is awesome. Three kids. Uh, my Oldest will be 14 in June. Pop, you're uh, 14. You're old, Pop. Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, let me tell my whole testimony. <laughs> uh, 
first come game, on, come on. First giving honor to God, who's the head of my life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Was he the head? <laughs> 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 years ago. <laughs> yeah. No. Long, long story short, I had, I had a baby my sophomore year of college. Uh, oh Jesus. Big decision whether to uh, move back to Pittsburgh and take care of that or stay in school and grab that degree. Um, decided to stay in school um, for the long-term betterment of my daughter to get my undergrad in accounting. Uh, worked in PNC, at PNC Bank for about seven years before uh, moving into full-time ministry. Um, currently enrolled in seminary. At Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, working on a dual master's degree in divinity and social work. Um, oh, yeah. You sound smart, man. Okay. <laughs> he, he's just out here on it. My credentials. I know that's right. Get it. I know that's right. But yeah. I know he's uh, doing all that. Got me out here sound right. <laughs> 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 I'm just <trying> more humble. <laughs> yeah, but that's my testimony. <laughs> Wow, mm. I feel like we should have started this off with praise and worship. Okay, I'm like we needed a yeah. We asked to Andy to do an A and B selection, but she ain't being obedient to the Lord. <laughs> not, not to the, not to the Lord. Lord. She says you gonna wait till Sunday. Give it all. I gotta save my voice for Sunday. Give it all. Right there, full pet. Y'all are crazy. Um. Because one of my questions was going to be, because Nate, you said you did your first sermon at 18, mm-hmm. and like one of my questions was going to be, at what point did y'all realize? That y'all wanted to preach, you know what I mean? Like that this was your calling. Mm. Uh, wanted to. <laughs> That's why we that. <laughs> yeah, you wanna go further? Yeah, so about I preached my initial sermon in 2013. Um, but prior to that, I was at a men's retreat and I was serving as a deacon at the time and um felt God calling me to preach, but was like full-fledged running because I didn't want to do it because I knew <laughs> being a church boy all my life, I knew what that was about to be in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but I was at a men's retreat and a uh, a preacher who was pastoring right by my church, he didn't know me. He just came up to me and was like, you know, God gave me a word for you. And I'm just like, Bro, I don't even know you. <laughs> but he was like, he was one of the speakers at the retreat, and mm. it was having an altar call at the end. And he was just like, there's somebody here that's running from there calling to preach. And at that point, God just was like, time's up, bro. He shoved you in the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went back. I, I talked to my pastor, um, and we he counseled me for a couple of months, you know, essentially trying to – uh, test me or talk me out of it um, but after a few months of counseling um, yeah I preached my initial sermon and the rest is really really history where are you at now okay um, so it's really kind of kind of interesting growing up in church um, I just thought it was always fascinating because we were in church like every day all day <laughs> Um, Nate, you got butter on your glasses. Do I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't just like that. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry, it was distracting me. Let me pull it back in. So, the word of the, the Lord, Lord blessed that that bread and butter. He blessed it. <laughs> no, so growing up, I thought it was this. Um, 
I thought it was amazing to when I would go to church and that there would be all of these people looking at this one man and just like really listening to what he was saying. Um, and as, as I got older, um, I never really desired to preach. And, and to be quite honest, even to this moment, um, it's not a desire. Like mm-hmm. I need to get behind. Like I, I want to preach because um, there's opportunities that have afforded themselves that it, it's not about that. Um, but for me, I've always enjoyed like really studying the word of God. And then I've also been interested in sharing that with others, especially mm-hmm. like um, people like my age group. Mm-hmm. I'm really um, doing my best, if possible, to share with them um, the truths behind it. You know, of like really um, presenting this aspect that really um, having a relationship with God is, is really dope. Um, and it's not as, um, it's not as, uh, it's not as crazy as many people try to mm-hmm. make it to be. And I think from that, when, as I began to kind of grow in my own relationship with God um, and like enjoying the word and studying it, um, also being challenged by it myself. Um, this desire to just want to share it. And so wanting to share it just opened it up to like different platforms, mm-hmm. not just a pulpit. Because there's times just like, you know, how we're just kicking it now. We can mm-hmm. just be at somebody's house yeah. and somebody can just ask a question. Um, and I'm not one of those deep people like, oh, the Lord said, like, I'm not. Because <laughs> I feel like so many people try to do that. Um, but I think you can also tell those that are really genuine about what it is that they're sharing. Um, and so now I truly enjoy the, um, the opportunity to share even on whatever platform it is, um, just so that other people are believed, uh, to come into a better relationship, um, in a growing relationship with God, most importantly, not, and I don't say this like, you know, haphazardly, but not necessarily for a church per se, um, but more so with acknowledging the fact that like, we really do need God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whatever way it is that um, I can introduce that to you um, and allowing God to kind of do the rest as far as the church, as far as where, wherever you need to go. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my spill on it. I think I answered the question somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. I agree with that. I like that. Um... Oh, you preach too? You see her face. Like, oh. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like, There's this lady in my church that keep asking me, like, when you gonna answer the call to preach? I'm like, sis, I didn't get that call. I didn't get a text message, a voicemail, nothing. <laughs> but I definitely agree with you said people can tell when it comes off genuine. Yeah. Cause you know, you get them super saying sometimes you'd be like, shut up. <laughs> I, I honestly you know think I mean? like in in all truthfulness, like I'm not saying it because he's here, but Nate is a rare dude in in the body of Christ. Um, Like a genuine dude that doesn't want anything from you. Mm -hmm. Like while I was going through um, the process of my church searching for a pastor, he was like one of the very few people who called and checked on me because it was Mm -hmm. a real rough, you know, period, frustrating period of my ministry. Um, And just periodically like, yo, how you doing? How's everything going? And that's really hard to find, especially among young preachers, because young preachers can be very competitive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They see opportunities, they see spotlights, Mm -hmm. and they see the the perceived fame and notoriety that comes with being a preacher. And 
you know, they want to jump on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's been integral in the milestones of my of my ministry. My first year, he preached my first year anniversary. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris and my my youngest daughter. So uh, look at that. His brother is uh, the real deal. Real deal. I love that y'all are so close. Right. Like that. That's so yeah. nice. I think uh, my nice. wife calls me my girlfriend because we talk on the phone. But I mean, I, but we need that. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, we y'all men need friends like that, sure. like genuine friends like that. Especially, like you said, in the church, because not even just amongst pastors, but everything has mm-hmm. gotten so competitive. Yeah. It's like, like you said, it's hard to find people. Period. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to find people yeah. in church who you feel like truly have mm-hmm. your back and they're not just in it to just be in your business right yeah. oh, right yeah. okay, that could be a whole <laughs> break it down oh, Lord. Okay. bless the lord let's okay bless the jesus okay stay out stay out my business stay out my business yeah now i was getting up on the third day stay out my business i ain't telling you when i was coming i said i was gonna get out i didn't know you when <laughs> I ain't give you no instruction. <laughs> but yeah. Um Nate, I know one of the things that you wanted to talk about, and I think we can probably just go ahead and segue right into it. What do you think as a young minister is kinda making our age group hesitant about mm. church? Cause that was gonna be one of my questions too. <laughs> what I'm saying. Yep, that's why we laugh. See? I think, um, to be honest, I think the perspective, um, so let me just start to say, you know, growing up, I think the older ministers did the best they could with the knowledge that they had. And some of them, um, some of them did not participate in seminary and some of them did not have other people to pour into them to, um, to look at just to even consider other ideas. It was like, whatever's taught to me, I'm going to teach to you. And it doesn't matter if you grow from it, but this is what the truth is. And I think one of the challenges with um, the generation now, there's there's a scripture that says, out of all of your getting, get understanding. And some of those things that we were taught as we were growing up, um, there was no substance behind it, as we thought. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't understand, like, I can give examples. Um, growing up, um, some of the things that we weren't supposed to do, um, you know, like it was frowned upon to go to the movies. Um, it was frowned upon for um, young ladies to wear uh, um, uh, jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, it was frowned upon um, to wear makeup and, and things of those natures. Um, and they would use scriptures to kind of justify those things. Um, and for whatever the reasons that, for whatever, for whatever reasons were their convictions, um, I truly believe um, that the spirit works in each of us differently, mm-hmm. right? And even though there may be um, some core beliefs that um, Pac and I have in common, there may be a stronger conviction for one thing that that gives to me that he doesn't give for um, to Pac. And so I think with happens within the process of people trying to grow their relationship with people with God is the fact that we have this particular standard as what that's supposed to look like 
-hmm. we have benchmarks as to what that looks like. So it's like believe what we believe, behave what we believe, um, behave how we behave, and then you belong. Mm -hmm. And for people, it's just like, no, you're not allowing me to be who I am. And because you're saying that God has fearfully and wonderfully created me, but yet you're asking me to act differently Mm -hmm. and to be differently. And so I'm not accepted. And so there's a dichotomy, if you will, because I, the pendulum can swing on that as well. Because I feel like sometimes our younger generation, we just try to be so to the left yeah. mm-hmm. that we just want to be like, oh, my God, like, no, like, God loves me just like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I do believe that there's boundaries to that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do believe that um, one of the major hindrances is the fact of true biblical principles being taught from the word of God mm-hmm. rather than our own concepts and ideas of what God right. is asking for. Right. Um, and then also this idea or the reality of allowing the spirit to be at work in each of us in its time. So those are two things that I feel like um, is challenging our generation. I'll take it in a, in a different way. Um, I would say because our generation is over the emotionalism of church. Mm-hmm. Um, when we was growing up, you know, it was, you could time that person who was about to take a lap around the church and pass out on the front <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. the emotionalism yeah. was yep. the same thing every week. And so yep. the concept of Christianity began to be shaped such as it's just a bunch of emotionalism. Mm-hmm. And the church has done a poor job of getting to the intellect of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the generation that we live in now, we are lazy in our research. Mm-hmm. So we would rather, and I, I think Buddha made a joke about this, but it's so real, that we would rather take perceived facts from a meme than mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. pick up a book. Yeah. And actually, and that's true. That's so true. Um, So, because of what I would call meme theology or meme understanding or woke Christian Mm -hmm. or woke people Mm -hmm. in general, we get these perceptions that you know Christianity is just a white man's religion, Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. because of that, every black person who now attends church is brainwashed. Right. Mm Yep. And instead of, you know, they because you watched 12 Years a Slave, now you think you got all the history of Christianity. That's lazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so the perception among younger people growing up is, hey, I don't need to go to church because everybody who goes to church, one, they act just like me. Mm-hmm. And two, all they do is go to church, get emotionalism, get emotional, come back out, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We need to tap into the intellect of people and say there is facts behind why we believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. There's facts that disprove that Christianity is not the white man's religion. And it's almost a form of self-hatred to believe that black people haven't had or haven't played an integral part in the development of mm-hmm. Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but like Nate said, like a lot of our pastors, um, they haven't gone that route. You know, they've, they've passed down what they've received, but mm-hmm. um, I've benefited from, my pastor went to seminary. Um, 
a couple of, uh, I have an uncle who pastors in Philly who went to seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got more to the intellect of Christianity than just the emotional aspect. Mm-hmm. And so I think what our generation is, they want, they, they think they're thinkers. And so why not approach them with that thought process mm-hmm. right. instead of just saying, just accept Jesus just for who we say he is. Right. That, that doesn't work for right. no, That worked for us it who was church. Yeah. You know, yeah. who, well, we were dragged to church. Yeah. I think all of us were dragged yes. to church. Mm-hmm. But for the unchurched, that don't work. Yep. That doesn't work anymore. Yep. So we have to find a way to have that dialogue without being condescending. Right. Because I a lot agree. of Christians say, well, just believe it because the Bible says mm-hmm, it, and that's mm-hmm. it. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like you, you got to come a different route mm-hmm. with, with the conversation. Um, and so, I think for our generation, it's going to take having those what I would call courageous conversations mm-hmm. to say and own up to some of the missteps of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and not sweep yeah, it under I the rug and that. say the church is yeah. just perfect. Yep, I agree mm-hmm. with the church that, has made yeah. a lot of mistakes, and we need to own that. Yeah, and then say, but. That has nothing to do with what Jesus did. For right, me. right. You know what I mean? So I think that's. Y'all ain't here teaching it, though. <laughs> but there's a lot. I mean, even with what you said, the church, I think that's a, that's a thing as well. Like, the church was never meant to be perfect. You know, like, the church was, the church is a gathering place of people to celebrate the common belief, mm-hmm. you know? And so. I think what happens is our our generation, like we we have this idea that I'm going to this place where perfection is mm-hmm. because everything outside of that church is just chaos. And so we're expecting not to see or experience chaos in this place, but wherever you find people, you're gonna find chaos. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And so it's even with leaders and even with, you know, people that are godly like or god fearing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, a big thing is we put too much expectation on people, on leaders, Mm -hmm. um, unrealistic expectations on them. Um, so yeah. I think, cause you had asked me before how I feel about my pastor. Um, one of the things that I love about him is the fact that he's willing to be honest. Like, almost every Sunday he says, you know, we're not a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. And that speaks volumes to the fact that he's well aware of like, you. Ha- when you deal with people, you have to be well aware of the fact that you're dealing with people, mm-hmm. especially in, in church. I think a lot of times people get it confused, like because we're Christian or whatever. We think we just got it all together and we just know it all. We think we're better than everybody and all that. And that's just not the case. And so when I hear people say stuff like, I mean, I hear this every day, there's there's hypocrites in church Mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you go to work with hypocrites. You go to, you know, your teach your kid's teacher is a hypocrite. You know, some like of it's, friends it's a lie. Hypocrite. Right. Some of your <laughs> friends are hypocrites. So I think people are just kind of looking for a way to just simply avoid yeah, not if you're, if the you're looking for an excuse, you could never really find one in yeah. church. Right. I mean yeah. even like for me personally, like if I wasn't raised in a church, I probably would have left the church when I had a baby on the way. 
because mm. the judgment that came mm. with yeah. that. And I wasn't even a professing Christian. I was yeah. just somebody who was church. dragged to church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And when he found out I had a baby on the way, it was just like I had squashed that with my parents. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying if my parents are over it and we are pushing forward, who are you to, you know, treat? I stopped going to church for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, nah, I ain't going back there because the slander was crazy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people experience that church hurt and they never come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And church yep. hurt is probably <clears throat> the worst. The worst. The worst hurt. Because yeah. there's. Yeah. Because you expect that perfection yeah. from people when you don't get it and they stab you uh, with their judgment. And sometimes it's not even biblical truth. When they stab you with just raw judgment, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I so I can identify with people who say I'm over church mm-hmm. because it's something they experience mm-hmm. inside the church. But at the same time, I also recognize that I'm not here for the people. Right, right. So let me even speak to that. Um, so I didn't kind of share or say anything um, about it. I, too, have a daughter. Um, I'm not married at all. Um, and so she was actually conceived, of course, outside of a marriage. Um, and the interesting thing was um, I was actually ministering at, at the time that, um, you know, my daughter was conceived. Um, and so what was interesting um, and this is testimonial encouragement to whoever listens to it. Um, many people see how hard I go for my daughter, um, and I do um, purposely <laughs> because there's various reasons why. And one of the one of the reasons why is I remember when I first found out um, that her mom, you know, was was pregnant. One of the first thoughts was this idea of an abortion, um, not because I was not capable of taking care of her, um, but more so because I was concerned of what the church might think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, why? So like, I'm literally thinking like, man, like what, what, what is everyone going to say? Like, what are they going to think? And I remember having to have these conversations. I I remember like it was yesterday. I took my parents out to a public place. Everything like, look, we going out. <laughs> we going out to eat. I'm a tree job. Y'all not gonna kill me? Yeah, you're not gonna kill me while we uh, out here. Right? I'm, I'm a tree job. <laughs> you know, we gonna be out here. And I remember, and I remember like it was yesterday. And so I told my mom, and my mom said, "Cool, good." She said, "You ready?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." She said, "All right." And I'm thinking it was going to be a totally different reaction, right. response, right. like, you... Like that's that's you, it? You're not like, going... Yeah, you, you ain't mad. <laughs> My dad, he just sitting there eating. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't even know if you remember it. Like, but it was in those moments where it was just like, okay, so I, I literally thought this for people that have no idea, no concept. They're not, they haven't given me a penny to this day. Right. You know what I mean? But I was going to make this decision based upon their thoughts mm-hmm. of this choice that I made, yeah. this sin act that I decided to make. Um, and so from that, I, I kind of understand, you know, people in this concept of being judged. Um, and I understand that even there were friends. Um, that had more comments to say rather than people that were not churchgoers, mm-hmm. you know? And so 
I understand because it's really difficult to try to navigate through those things because as we acknowledge all the time that we're imperfect, we acknowledge all the time that, you know, we desire to be perfect, but mm-hmm. our biggest hurdle is what people's perspective, um, what their perspective uh, <laughs> <laughs> perspective of us is. Right. Um, saved, unsaved, churchgoers, un- like people that don't go to church, it's just like, what are they going to think? And I think a part of the Christian faith is when you really stop focusing on what people think. Yeah. And it's really based upon like biblical principles and what God really thinks of us. I think your life will really change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know some people have a problem with like, you know, those saints who you can't have a regular conversation with them. Everything is the scripture. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed and highly favored. And like, if I wonder how you doing, God is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. Oh, God is, God is, Thank you. Listen. If I'm not saved, I don't. I can't. You have to come down a little bit off mm-hmm. of that and, and kind of relate to people. You know what right. I mean? Like they don't. People who don't who aren't saved, they don't get that. They don't understand it. So it's kind of hard to communicate with people that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear, and I'm saved, and I don't want to hear that all the time. Can yeah. we just have a regular? I hope nobody tells her this. But my mom is like that. I love you. You're born Dolores Nesby. But I would try to tell her, we love you, mom. We love you. Yes, come up off it sometime, mom. Like, can we just have a regular conversation? But, you know, some people kind of have a hard time with that, too. Like, you keep coming at me with that Bible thump and stuff, you know. And I struggle with that, honestly, because there's, there's a perception. Like, every time I run into people and I tell them that, well, I don't tell them. They ask what I do. And I say, I'm a pastor. They have this comment like you don't act like a pastor. Like there's this cookie cutter right. <laughs> like approach to being a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, um like I'm an introvert by nature. The only place I'm an extrovert is at church. church. Mm-hmm. Um and then even in that, I spent a lot of time struggling to find who I was as a preacher. Mm-hmm. Um and now I just accept the fact that even my church calls me the petty pastor. Like <laughs> I will throw shade from the pulpit. Like it's I mean, like, don't come for me in the middle of service I because love it. I got the mic. Like, <laughs> you're not gonna win this battle. You're not gonna I win. Love it. I got the Lord on my side. Too. And the mic. Okay. And the mic. And you thought. But like she was saying, like that that relatability, like even um, coming to church and being able to relate to the message, like you have to give all me and they talk about this all the time, being diverse enough mm-hmm. to be able to speak to every demographic and mm-hmm. every age group. Um, and so right now I'm in the middle of a sermon series just based on TV titles, mm-hmm. like um, how to get away with murder scandal. Like this Sunday is, this is us. Like, so that mm-hmm. people have an immediate relatability to the message and I don't have to water it down but I can use that as an attention grabber to give you real truth and so like people who are is always on like church like that's Mm -hmm. that's not the approach like um I tell my congregation all the time like be the same person you are in church that you are in Al Six of Giant Eagle 
Like, yeah, don't have mm-hmm. two different views because then that's not authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. There's right. nothing worse than an inauthentic Christian. Right. Well, good because I got up in church too. So that okay. Yeah. I'm on the right like, yeah. Me too. If I sit by my dad or Mike, it's over. So but rap. Hey, I'll, I'll laugh on the pulpit. That's the thing. Listen, like because the reality of it is, is. Funny things happen in church. Oh, you sounded like Lottie when you said like, that. Like, like <laughs> crazy things happen, and uh, I feel like everyone wants us like you. You step in church, and you're like you just step in the in this aura of like the heavenlies of heavenlies. Like, yeah. No, like people's wigs fall you off. You want to see some characters? You know what it goes mean? down. Teeth you want to see some out. stuff? It goes you know, like down. just just crazy things happen, and I feel like. The church is a community. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what you develop or what you create in this community is is how you grow. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a family. Mm-hmm. Whatever you nurture in this family or whatever it is that you kind of give your attention to, that's how what, what families are known for. Mm-hmm. There's some families that you know automatically, as soon as you see them, that they spend time with each other mm-hmm. or that they love each other. They're always together. Like, you don't see this person without this person. Right. So on and so forth. And I feel like... The, the perception that we have oftentimes as it relates to as it relates to, to church is kind of missed. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like it's really important to have those conversations and have those real down to earth conversations. Mm-hmm. Um I have a difficult time with that too. <laughs> People will try because they know um I, I go to church, sometimes their initial conversation it's something about God. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear God. All yeah, time. yeah. Like I, I'm be honest. Yeah, like, no, for real. I, I, I just don't like. Let's just have a regular, a regular conversation. conversation. And if, and nine times out of ten, I'm gonna be honest. God is going to come up because it's in me. Right. Like it, it's just a natural yeah. thing. Like when people start talking to me, scriptures just start popping to my head, and and just concepts from from biblical texts just come to my head. But I'm not gonna be like. Hey, well, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, absolutely yeah. not. Hey, y'all, please don't tell my mom I said that. <laughs> please. <laughs> Seriously. Word Post it on her Facebook. <laughs> She'll beat me. Like, word please, to Miss Bonnie. Don't go snitch to, to the word Lord. Word to my mother. Don't do that. <laughs> like, I think that um, certain people I just know I can't talk to because if I'm dealing with something, or if it's like really on my heart to talk about something, the first thing they want to tell you is, well, you got to pray. About it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to the mm-hmm. Lord about it? Did you, you know, did you read your Bible? Mm-hmm. Did you Like, let's just, I need you to have a conversation with me human to human. I don't need you to regurgitate five different, you know, scriptures at this moment. We can get there. But let's just have an actual human conversation. And I think that's frustrating for a lot of people, too. It's like, coming on a little strong here. Yeah. So when people, <laughs> this is, I'll make it really short. I think this idea that everyone always talks about prayer, um, I think one of the, the things that we don't associate with prayer is action. Mm-hmm. And, and prayer, in and of its um, in of its essence. Oh, you got a sermon in you? You hear him? We can have this church service. Um, prayer in its essence. We're working at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to find me some organs and put them right in here, too. Um, but prayer in and of, in and of its essence, it 
demands two things. It demands for us to listen um, because prayer is a conversation, if you will, with God. It's us communicating with him. Mm-hmm. And when you communicate, you're expecting for that person that you're talking to to talk back to you. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when he talks back, he gives instruction. Mm-hmm. And so it's like everyone's always talking about like go pray, but after prayer, then what? Then what? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes prayers it followed up by action. Mm-hmm. And so everyone is always praying, but I'm just like, well, you've been praying all this time. Did he tell you anything? Right. <laughs> and like, is he communicating? <laughs> like, and so prayer is good if you're going to heed the whole process. Right. You know what I mean? Because we've been praying for a long time. On on some on the same things, and it's just like, oh God, God, you didn't speak yet to nobody. And you so, ain't say nothing at nothing. all. You just been quiet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep crying. <laughs> <laughs> Beg your daddy. <laughs> Beg your daddy. <laughs> Lord, um, how do you feel? Like, where does the church stand in terms of... Now, I'm going off of your topics, so I hope you're ready. Um, Community engagement. Where do you... How do you feel the church does with that? Where can the church improve? What are some things that we do that the church does well? And then what are some things? Um... They do um, <laughs> the community back to school backpack drive. They do that. Every church, every community does that well. But it'd be the drawstring ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> the drawstring. Put the name of the church on it. Um, they might do a might do a dinner. Uh, maybe Thanksgiving dinner, possibly. Um, possibly. You know, possibly. The potential's there. It's there. They might have a, a seniors meeting or something. Seniors meet and greet. <laughs> a senior meet and greet. <laughs> you know. <laughs> senior, 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 seniors bingo night. Bingo, <laughs> bingo night. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I feel like... Um, to give credit, various churches does a lot of things well. Um, I've seen churches do various things within the community, and they have a staple within their community, which is awesome. But I've also seen the other side of that, um, where a lot of churches, I believe personally that um, the church in and of itself should, could be and should be one of the first responders to most crises. Mm-hmm. Um, just because if you really go back to the history of the church, that's what the church was based upon. Mm-hmm. Um, being a supply for people with, that didn't have food and, and right. helping, um, you know, homeless people and so on and so forth. Um, and oftentimes I feel like those things are neglected. Um, and there's not a big community engagement. I, I was just talking to a pastor earlier today. I believe that if you're in a particular community, that you should be effective in that community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That um, there was a, a quote or in a book that I read that said, if your church died today, um, if you close your church today, would anyone um, in that community miss you? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then you're not, you're not doing, doing well enough. as a church. 
And I really feel like that that is a measuring marker um, as far as the church. Like, what is it that we're offering? Yes, we have the spiritual component, but in in some communities, there's bigger needs than that. And Jesus didn't only come to meet our spiritual needs. Um, He came to meet our natural needs. Not saying that that should be the full focus. I really believe that there should be a holistic approach Mm -hmm. to what church is. And so some people are not going to be um, won to Christ by the preached gospel. Some of them are going to be won by won to Christ because you were able to give them some pampers and right. now they sat down yeah. and they're open to hear what you, what you have, have to say. say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people were hungry. I was hungry and you fed me, right? Like, like my life's been off. Right. The, the, the Bible yeah. says this. He says, pure religion is this, those that um, visit the sick, mm-hmm. right? Feed the hungry, right? And, you know, hey, now, you know? But, and, and I feel like, and, and, and I feel like, <laughs> all right, church mother. <laughs> um, but I feel like we miss those mm-hmm. things. And I feel like um, the last thing I'll say about community is oftentimes when new ministries happen, they try to bring their ministry into a community where I believe that minute that the community or, or someone's ministry should be affected by that community, meaning that you go into that community and you find the needs of that community, and then you and then you're able to minister that way. You don't go in and say, "This is what we're offering this community," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you accept what it is that we have to right, offer. Right. That's not that's not fair. Right. Um, yeah. And I I was I just had a paper on that this afternoon. Um, and one of the things that, to Nate's point, is that the church has an abundance of ministries, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not ministries that actually impact the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, wow. And so we, we put on a lot of annual days and we, we do those internal things well. Um, but I know for me, like the biggest piece that's missing from the church is a true concern for social justice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There is, at least in my experience growing up, anytime you mention anything, you know, social related, it immediately got tabbed as political. Mm -hmm. And anytime you bring politics into the church, the two just don't miss. Right, right. um, But if you really pay attention to the ministry of Jesus, his whole ministry was about social justice, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. helping the oppressed, helping the disenfranchised, the marginalized. And we have churches residing in disenfranchised communities, Mm -hmm. and they're not speaking to any of those issues. One of the um, most disheartening things when I first became pastor at White Lily, um, I went to a community meeting just to kind of hear, because I'm from the east side, Mm -hmm. and I pastor on the west side, so I was like, let me at least hear what's going on over here so I know, like, where to start. Right. And they talked about, um, you know, the housing issues, the racism, the unsolved murders, Mm -hmm. and all these things. And it's just like, but the most damning thing they said was, we don't have a voice from the church. Mm -hmm. Like, we're out here fighting, and there's no voice from the church. And my initial thought was like, what do you mean? There's like three pastors who actually live in the community. How is there no voice from the church? Um, But what I've come to find out is that they don't see the value 
in addressing those issues. Their whole stance is, well, I'll just preach Christ and people will be drawn to that and Mm. they'll give their life to God and then those things will begin to change. But people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Exactly. So until I deal with your... That's a praise break right there. Okay, okay. Until they... Just 30 more seconds. Lift your hands. The glory is here. Until you address people's felt needs, like they don't want to hear that Jesus talking. Yeah. I thank God for what God is doing. Like, we lost a lot of people in the transition of our church from pastor to pastor. But the people that God has been sending have community focus. Mm -hmm. And they're not afraid to hold my feet to the fire. Um, And so um, our whole slogan since I took over was um, building a contagious church. And my whole concept is if if you're going to be contagious, you have to come into contact with people Mm -hmm. in order so that they may catch it. Right. Um, And so, but... My director of community engagement said, well, we can't claim to be a community church if we ain't in the community. Um, and so we have... Shout you know, out to your director of community Shout engagement. out to Terry Spencer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. But we... Um, so we go um, to the north side. We feed the homeless. We... Um, the, the West End is one of the most underserved mm-hmm. um, areas in all of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what we have done is we've created a civic series where we educate the people on the West End that the power to get resources is in your willingness to go out and vote. Um, and so we've brought in, around the election time, we brought in the three mayor candidates. We brought in those who were running for the school board. Um, we brought in the judges that we send our sons and daughters before to get sentenced unjustly mm-hmm. um, so that we can have that dialogue. We've brought in the police officers who who patrol our area so that they can have conversations with the youth um, and break down those barriers of, you know, two-sided insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these things is the real function of a ministry that... I don't necessarily care if you come on Sunday. If I can come in contact with you on a Tuesday mm-hmm. and the church is functioning the way that the church is supposed to function, God will draw you to come right. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And even in the summer, we have a free um, community cookout. And I tell people of our church all the time, don't invite anybody to come tomorrow unless they ask what time the service tomorrow. Um, because I want them to feel like this is something that we're doing just because it's the right thing to do, not right. as a ploy right. to get you to come tactic, mm-hmm. right. the next day. And so there has to be a level of sincerity that you actually care for the community in which mm-hmm. you reside in. It, because if not, then people ride past your church and they don't know yeah. what's yeah, going on. Yeah, and they don't know what's going on. Um, and so I think that's, <clears throat> that's highly important that the church be visible mm-hmm. where, they, where they serve at and mm-hmm. not expect that everybody's going to walk into your church on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Like that, those days of people going to church just to go to church are long gone. Yeah. Like people need a reason to yeah, come to church. To be now. in church, right. And the misconception really is that it's not that, you know, there's a stigma against millennials in the church now. It's not that millennials don't want to work. It's not that they don't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. But when they come to the church, 
they don't find work to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And so therefore you got these old saints holding on to these Lord. same Because that was going to be one of my questions. That was going to be <laughs> and, one of my so questions. And so when the millennial comes and say, I think we should do this, it's like, that's not how we do right. it here. Right. And so right. you have to be that flexible tradition. enough Ooh. to say, let's, let's shift. Mm-hmm. Um, let's still value the tradition because I love, I'm Baptist through and through. Let's mm-hmm. value the tradition but let's also see what God is doing and how we can shift and still be in the will of God mm-hmm. while doing in right. a different way. I was going to bring that up. Like if you faced a lot of challenges from the same season, senior season, saints, from the season, saints. you know, cause they are stuck in that tradition. They sure. can be. Yeah. And, and they get attitudes sometimes when the younger people come in and they don't like the, the new type of dancing and the music and stuff that we do. And, there, there's different ways we have to reach the the youth and the teens and the people our age and stuff like that. And sometimes they kind of like give us some sad eyes. And like not to go too deep, but there's a uh, scripture that talks about um, when they rebuilt the temple, and the scripture says that the old people were weeping because it wasn't like the first temple, mm-hmm. and the newer people were rejoicing. But from a distance, you couldn't tell the weeping from the from the celebrating. Um, and I think there's really that that fine balance in the church that um, there's wisdom to be had from the seasons, mm-hmm. but there's also a freshness to be gained from mm-hmm. the younger saints. Mm-hmm. And if you, the job of the pastor is to blend those two in a way that they see the mm-hmm. the need for each other. Um, and so I've been blessed. Um, to have a church that has seasoned members who are not afraid of change. Mm. That's um, awesome. And so like, our church has gone under <laughs> that is awesome. drastic changes, even just technology-wise with, you know, creating an app for the church, mm. getting monitors in a sanctuary, um, upgrading our website. And these are all things. And even their confession to me was when they were looking for a pastor we didn't want nobody old. We needed somebody young <laughs> to right. kind of re-energize the church and to bring fresh ideas. And so they've allowed me mm-hmm. to do what I feel like God is calling the church mm-hmm. to do without any pushback. That's and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, there's also a millennial section still missing mm-hmm. from our church. Mm-hmm. And so that's my work mm-hmm. to try to recapture that demographic. I think one of the things that, um, so I'm also attending seminary right now. Um, I am not in a, um, in a particular degree program. I'm taking a certificate program, a certificate program in church planning and revitalization. Um, and so the revitalization part, um, we've been talking about, um, the traditional church and how to like revitalize that Mm -hmm. because that's what's, honestly happening at mm-hmm. this point where mm-hmm. you have a lot of the traditional church are older saints or mm-hmm. older people um, that feel like they have kind of stakes in the church. Um, and I think it kind of goes back to what we talked about before because of how we presented the gospel to make it appear that um, the church the, the church, it belongs to the people. Um, the church does not belong to the people. The church actually belongs to God. 
and those that are functioning in the church um, should always be in this position where they're in tune or listening to God. Um, and so there's even when you look at like the scripture uh, or look at the scriptures and in the, the only kind of book that talks about the church, um, the, the formation of the church is Acts, how the church looked different from chapter one to the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it was moving it was the presence of God that, you know, first they were all in one room and then now they're all in different cities and now they're in different people's homes and they're in different. So it was what what they would consider the missional church because their mission was for everyone to hear mm-hmm. about hear, hear the gospel and whatever means that meant. If it means that I need to come to your house. And have a glass of wine with you, and, and, and we talk, you know, and, and, and we talk about, you know, God in the sense of, you know, what it, you know, what does that mean? Um, I've been in places a few two weeks ago. I was just sitting in Panera Bread with someone, and just literally just a conversation. They're just sitting there crying because mm. they're just sharing, you know, some of the things that they're going that's going on, and they're just like, I can't get this at church. Mm. Why? Mm. You know, like, why Why can't you get this at church where that's the place where you should be encountering God? And right. the awesome part about it is, for me, it shows me each time that we encounter someone, the presence of God is with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's not to take away from the church, because I believe the church is a very integral and important part. That's how we become strengthened and stronger. Um, but it's not a, a battleground where, for us to be fighting. Right. right? And so... I've called the the young because they're strong, but the the old because they're wise. Mm -hmm. And when you put those two together, you have just an unstoppable force, right? Um, But we don't see that. Right, Mm -hmm. Um, right. The millennials sometimes don't value the older people. Yeah. And the older people don't value the millennials. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, if I can just be frank, that's not Mm Christ-like. You know, like that, that's not Christ-like. Mm-hmm. It, it's not for us to decide. It, it's not for us to decide. And I'll just leave it like that. <laughs> about like being able to be like transparent. And one of the funniest things to hit the internet was the girl in church talking about how she was sucking on them balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is like we laugh at it, yeah. But she was really trying to be transparent, yeah, yeah. And and if the church is not a place where I can testify and be transparent, mm-hmm. then where else can I go? Right. Mm-hmm. Like what we have done a masterful job of is fabricating or sugarcoating mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. testimony, and so your remade testimony doesn't help people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, don't tell me like. Like, a lot of people struggle with being saved and single. Mm. Like, so don't don't tell me about you uh, enjoying sex now because you're married. Tell me about the struggle that you had while you were single or while you were engaged on trying to maintain that purity. Mm -hmm. And that's what I need to hear to get through. Don't come bragging to me now that you're okay to have sex mm-hmm. and you can look back and say, keep it in your right. hands. Yeah, your yeah, right. 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 Like right. I need to hear yeah. how you process or if you failed in that process, right. Absolutely. Right. help me out. So it's just like, 
we got to be real with people because that mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's going to truly help people process. Because if I feel like I'm saved, I'm single, but I'm having sex, mm-hmm. like, and I, I know it's wrong and I don't want to do it, but I can't find anybody to talk through that with that process, how they came about that process, mm-hmm. how they made it through or how they stumbled their way through, right. how they ain't get it right till they got married. Like mm-hmm. I need to right. hear that right. so that I can be encouraged. Okay. This is the way I should handle this. But without that, and it's not just with that, but with a wide variety mm-hmm. of topics in the church that we refuse to talk about, um, people are secretly sinning because oh, yeah. they don't yeah. feel like they can mm-hmm. confide in anybody mm-hmm. that they can be their true self. Mm-hmm. With. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. one of the reasons that, you know, I appreciate, you know, the relationship that me and Nate have is that I view him as an accountability partner mm-hmm. and vice versa mm-hmm. that we can tell each other the worst of our worst and process through that. Without any judgment, right. you know, right. yeah, there may be correction right. Right, and instruction, but there's no judgment at the end of the day. I still value you as a as a man of God right. and mm-hmm. all that. But if you can't find that in the church, then you're really going to struggle, um, and you, you're not going to grow mm-hmm. right. because you're going to be sitting on this this ticking time bomb of sin mm-hmm. because you have you have no outlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm realistic. Like, I feel like <laughs> even this concept, right, of like, uh, <laughs> even like this concept of like when uh, when he talks about this this idea of like having sex, right? Like, a huge thing, right? Um, it's like we're not real with people, and because we're not real with them, as you said, is because we're not transparent with them, they're thinking that the person that's ministering or the people that are attempting to minister alongside them, that they're just good and they're Mm -hmm. perfect. And the reality of it is, is that some of them are leaving the pulpit and going home and, Mm -hmm. and, and and having sex. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is that some people are doing what they do because they have a gift and the gift that God has given them allows them to still be among people and do what they do. Mm -hmm. But yet their lifestyle or their character does not align Mm -hmm. with it. And I feel like, what happens in that, it's a distraction because you're not really talking mm-hmm. to people that there are some people that struggle through it. Yeah, and there's yeah. some people that continue to struggle with, through it. There's pastors that struggle through some of their things. Um, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it, it's okay to, to recognize that you still have a thorn in your side. Right. Now, it's not okay, like, when you just... I know I'm just going to just go have sex. Yeah. I just, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to go ahead and just do it. Yeah. I, I'm just going to go ahead and just do all of the things that you're not supposed to do. Right. Um, and I, I think that's where we don't navigate the truth mm-hmm. for, because there's some days, I'm be honest, there's some days I, I, I'm single. Mm-hmm. There's some days mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, Lord, <laughs> I, I get away with this. <laughs> I, I can sure enough get away with this. <laughs> But then there's that reality of like, and, and, and to be honest, there's times that I, I did do it and got mm-hmm. away with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's just like, all right, God, like I know, like that's not what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And I had to confess it and be like, oh, you know, no, it's hard. I had to, it you is know, so hard. 
I was so weak. Hard. The devil got me. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, devil came hard. and got me. <laughs> he drove me. The devil made me do it. <laughs> um, but as I continue to grow and as I'm growing, um, as as uh, Pac said, I'm gr- I'm grateful to have accountability mm-hmm. partners and and people that can keep me, um, you and know, in line. You know, and, and yeah, yeah, it, it's important. I think, um, I mean, not just in the church, I think accountability partners are important, period. But a lot of people aren't ready for things like that. To be accountable. You know what I mean? Like, nobody wants to hear the truth about themselves. You You have to do it in love. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But people just still don't want to hear, like, hey, what you doing? (laughs) You know what I mean? I was thinking about this yesterday. I think think the, the biggest problem that we have is as the church is the introduction mm-hmm. because I think I, I think the, the only thing that we're supposed to be doing as the church is introducing people to Christ mm-hmm. and he does the rest. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is we try to do the rest and not even introduce them to Christ. Right. And oftentimes what happens in that mix, like we're trying to do everything that God's supposed to be doing for them and we just mess it all mm-hmm. the way up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's just like, no, just introduce me to them. I will change their life. Mm-hmm. Your church isn't going to change their right. life because there's crazy people there. Right. You know, you're probably not going to change their <laughs> life because there's going to be days that mm-hmm. your message ain't going to be mm-hmm. on. Like, you know, there's days as pastors that you might get up there and you your message ain't as good as you ain't thought it was going to be. Ain't reaching nobody. You up there hooping and hollering and ain't nobody like <laughs> bringing that. Bringing that. <laughs> ain't nobody. <laughs> Move me past it. <laughs> like, right? And, and there's days, and, and, and there's this, you have those bad days, yeah. but there's never a time that you can come and feel the presence of God and you're just like, I know that God was here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so once you get people to where God is, I don't, you know, it's never come hear me preach. Right. And, and one of those things is I don't even, people do it all, ask me all the time. Why don't you tell me when you're preaching? And I ain't even like, I'm not about to like, about to make all these posters and yeah. flyers. And like, yeah. I just feel like if you're supposed to be there, you know, God will send you whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but the presence of God does the work. You know, like in me, I, I tell you all the time, in me dwells no good thing. And so if I can introduce you to this God that can t- constantly changes my life, then you'll be good. Because mm-hmm. I can't change it. The only time you get an invite is when somebody wants you to come here and preach. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That that boggles my mind. Like yeah. I'm like, so the church ain't no good any other time. Like you the only one that can preach. Right. Like right. Mm-hmm. and so like one of the things that I start doing is I stop telling my congregation when I ain't gonna be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, because you know people ain't coming. Yeah. Pastor ain't here, I ain't coming. A few weeks ago, like, I skipped service for my birthday and I didn't tell anybody it except for my birthday okay <laughs> hey, you know pass it off on his birthday hey. <laughs> you know vacation days like yeah, right. okay but I didn't tell anybody I wasn't going to be there and it's just like because people make a decision like whoever's coming in is not good as my pastor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so therefore you may miss what God has for you word. on Sunday okay. right? because yep. you're so stuck on man yeah and like the elevation 
of the pastor has done the church a disservice. Yeah. Too. Like, yeah. We hold the pastor becomes in competition with Christ on a Sunday morning. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, who's the real superstar service? Mm-hmm. Is it your pastor yeah. or is it Jesus? Like, so when we do that, uh, that's why people can say you're brainwashed and it doesn't matter, you know, what your pastor does. You keep up for yep. right, wrong or indifferent. Yeah. And so therefore it, it, it just gives a, a bad message to those who are already on the fringes about church anyway. So it's just like, keep the main thing, the main thing and mm-hmm. just get out the way. Like speaking of, uh, speaking of, um, what you just said. Uh, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to recap. <laughs> uh, let's be that quick. Um, in terms of like being a pastor and people's expectations and, you know, how the outside looking in does all of that. Um, how do you feel about... Y'all know where I'm about to go with this. Yeah. How do y'all feel about <laughs> when people Ooh. feel as though you're not allowed or you, that you shouldn't have certain nice things, things basically? <clears throat> um, for me, I think it's I think it's illogical and, and short sighted. Um, one. I seen somebody on Facebook posted, um, pastor should do it for free. Like y'all made that up. Like <laughs> all the way up. All the way. The way up. All the way up. <laughs> all that way up. All that way. All that way. All that way up. Yes. Because I, I think the misconception is that all the all the pastor does is he gets up on a Sunday morning. He sells hope for a half hour and he collects a check. Like, and that's so far from the truth. Like, especially in the, I hate to use the term, but in the black church, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hear y'all on the podcast talk all the time about going to therapy. For a lot of people, they don't go to therapy. They go to because their pastor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so your pastor becomes your therapist, your counselor, mm-hmm. your best friend, your pastor, um, your confidant, your account. He becomes, he takes on all these hats mm-hmm. for not just you, but then for everybody else mm-hmm. that's under his care. Um, and he's, he doesn't have, office hours Mm -hmm. like it's completely unconventional so there are days i can go home at i usually get home at 6 30 i can go home i can get ready to eat and i can get a phone call or text message so and so's in the hospital so now i got to get up and go back out Mm -hmm. and um at sometimes at the expense of your family your own family Mm -hmm. and that's why you see a lot of pastors you know with marital problems because the church is quote unquote the other woman mm-hmm. um, because they suck up so much of your time. And um, those who aren't mindful of the pastor's time just think you're supposed to be on call mm-hmm. whenever. At all mm-hmm. times. Um, yeah. And so with all those responsibilities, 
and that's outside of the administrative work of the church. That's outside of budgeting for the church. That's outside of vision casting for the church. That's outside of community engagement with the church. That's outside of meetings with the church. Like all these things the pastor has on his plate, like you can't expect him to do it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about any other denomination, but specifically in the Baptist denomination, like the pastor's salary is agreed upon by the people. Mm-hmm. We have an end of the year church meeting. We go Good over old church meeting. <laughs> we go over the budget line by line. First item on our budget is the pastor's salary. Mm-hmm. Like if y'all don't like it, speak now or forever hold your peace. But we ain't about to roll into 2018 and y'all trying to take my money. Like that's not <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is not Christ. God is not pleased. <laughs> but it's like so so like people say, well. The pastor gets all the money. That, that's that is also. I can't true. speak for right. any other church, but in our church, you designate where your money goes mm-hmm. in the church, and you get a statement at the end of the year mm-hmm. saying that you can claim on your taxes. That here's where I gave my money. So if I don't particularly care for the pastor, I can give it to the community center. If I don't, you know, mm-hmm. like the community center, I can give it to the missionary. You know, so I control where my money goes right. and it's not all going directly into the pocket mm-hmm. of a pastor. Um, and in full transparency, there are perks to being a pastor. Like you're um, federally tax exempt. So you don't pay federal taxes. So what you agree upon, almost all of that outside of social security and Medicare is going directly. Mm-hmm. In. So you don't have a lot of taxes taken mm-hmm. out of your check. So, um, you get to eat first and you, all the fun yeah, right. and Okay. You get the big piece of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get a lot of mac and cheese. You don't get the stingy. You do get more than one scoop. Yeah. Right. And so, um, like, there's that aspect of it. But at the same time, especially if you're a full-time pastor, like, you've, you've forsaken the opportunity to climb the quote-unquote secular corporate ladder mm-hmm. um, for a position at the church that probably will never be able to pay you as much as you could have got, you know, out on the market. Um, and so for me, January, 2017, I left PNC to go full-time at the church, but with me leaving and going full-time, I got a wife and three kids to support. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going to make that move, I'm not doing it for free. Like I have to do it in a way that I can still take care of my family. Mm -hmm. And it's, if the church's desire is to have a full-time pastor, here's what it's going to cost to, you know, pick up my insurance, pick up my salary, pick up, you know, you know, all of these things. And so, um, it's unrealistic and it's unfair really to Mm -hmm. ask a pastor to, bypass making an honest living in spite of perception make right. an honest living to support your family and still do the work of the ministry because the work of the ministry is harder than any job you'll mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. You know, any nine to five that you'll ever have mm-hmm. especially if you got a big church yeah you know, like and if you don't people. have like a lot of smaller churches like you don't have paid staff. Mm-hmm. Right. So you are the secretary. Like I was telling y'all, I was answering a lot of phone calls today. Like you are the secretary. Mm-hmm. You are 
the financial planner. You are mm-hmm. like you carry all these right. hats because you don't have to step the supportive staff to, you know, take that load. You know, I've been blessed. Like my officers are awesome. They they handle the budget. I just okay it. Like, but there's some pastors that don't have that. They right. they have to take on right. all that. And like in Nate's case, there's some pastors who they're single handedly or one of a very few who are really fully supporting the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. So like they're what they're being paid is actually going back into the ministry to mm-hmm. kind of keep it afloat. And so it's it's completely unrealistic to think that we should do it for free mm-hmm. or that we should do it for pennies. Right. It, it's just yeah. not and um I feel like I'll start it off with this. I feel like if you're if you're going to um you're going to the club, if you're going to the movies, if you're going to you know, the PBG, you're paying them. And what they do with the money after you pay them, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's not any of your business to know. You know? Um and I feel like for the church, we feel like um you know, we decide if we want to give the church our money. That's number one. So if you decide to give the church your money, that's something that you decided to do. Um, and then after that, I don't feel like no one should have the ability to decide what someone should do with their mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Um, even the car you drive. Right. Even the car that you drive. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel like it, that's just like me <laughs> wanting you to stay, like me wanting you to stay at a status quo. Yeah. And that's not yeah. fair. Um, and so as far as like pastoring, as, as um, um, Pop was saying, um, I was functioning in ministry and for a whole year and a half. And what's interesting, I didn't even have a job at that point. Um, I had my um, my secular job. I was um, I was let go. And so at the same time, the money that I had in savings, the money that I was, the little bit of money that I was getting from, uh, what is that, unemployment? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was cut very short. But at the same time, I'm putting all that I have back into ministry, right? And so I wasn't getting any compensation for any of the work that I was doing. I, I was seeing people that were being blessed and people that were being helped through what was going on. Um, but I also recognized through that time, for me... That was what I was supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I was able to see a different aspect of ministry that some people may not ever have to experience. But when you get into bigger churches that are functioning and that are doing good things, mm-hmm. regardless of what our perspective of what that looks like, whatever the pastor does when he get his money, whatever the people get whatever when they get their money, that's what they do. Yeah. You know, you, you we never know. That pastor could be in debt because they, right, they wanted to get right, a right. car or a house right. or whatever, whatever. But we think because we're trying to calculate everyone's mm-hmm, move mm-hmm. Um, and what they're doing with it that we're responsible for that. Mm-hmm. No, at the end of the day, this is how I look at it when I, when I give to church. Once it's out of my hands, it's God's money. And whatever, whoever choose to do wrongly with God's money, that's on them. They have to answer for that. That's on them. You know, and so I'm no longer calculating what Mm -hmm. what you do. I actually want everyone around me to to succeed. In fact, 
You got a nice car? Can I get in? I want to see what it smells <laughs> okay. like. You got a nice house? Can I come and, and, and see? Okay. I want to. I want to see my potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think also with pastors and, and, and leaders and people, I think they're an example to mm-hmm. us as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're an example. They're an example of I, I'm going to assume that they're doing things godly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that they're that their lifestyle that they're living is leading this life of 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 uh, prosperity and wealth and, and favor and God blessing them and so on and so forth. But me as a member and me coming to look at, at my pastor, I wonder how many people would go look and, and, and be okay with if their pastor just came in there, they didn't have their their clothes together, they was just all busted up. You're not going to listen to them. Mm-hmm. How are you going to sell me hope and look like you hopeless? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so these expectations is like, it's not, it's, they're unfair. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're really unfair. And, and I believe that a person is worthy of this hire. You know, like what you do, um, preparation for a sermon is not easy. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it right, I'll put it like that. Yeah. Some people get up and they just say whatever. But for those that are articulating and, and really giving depth to the sermon and to the service, and that's not easy. It, mm-hmm. it, it takes um, of your time. You're doing research. You're doing, you know, you want to make sure that what you're saying is in tune, not only with God, but for the people that you're going to share that message with, that it's effective. Um, you're taking away from your family time. You're going to hospital visits. You're not only that, you're going to meetings after meetings. You're right. traveling to other churches and right. ministering for them. Lord knows if you're an overseer or if you have oversight over other people. So now you're managing people. You're managing the church. You're managing, you know, all of these different things. And you're expecting them to, number one, be free. Number two, for it to be a low expense. Now, I do feel like, which most churches do it, they do it based upon what the church brings in. It's a percentage mm-hmm. off of what the church brings in. If the people that's coming there to serve, and then you got it. <laughs> I want in on this, Lord. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, don't do it without me. Don't, don't, whatever you're doing do in this season, don't, don't do it without me. Do um, not. But yeah, that. Yeah. But I think you 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 really have to pay attention to um, what is the. Like going back to our previous conversation, what is the church doing in the community? Like, if you are available, if you have resources for the community, then you're doing the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, and so now I'm a firm believer. Like, if if the church is doing nothing for the community, then you should be apprehensive about sowing into mm-hmm. that ministry mm-hmm. uh, because God has called you to be a good steward over your own money. Right. And so if the church that you attend isn't doing nothing, then maybe that's not the place for you to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to go sow somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the church is providing resources for the community, if it's speaking to the needs of the community, then the pastors are part of that vision. Um and so you have to be sensitive to that. And like in full transparency, preaching can be a, a hustle. Like it can be very lucrative mm-hmm. for those who, and that's why a lot of people get into it mm-hmm. just because, because if 
you know, you have those who promote themselves, you know, they they create their own flyers and, and all this other stuff, and they, they want to get their name out there because if you pastor a church and you have a whole lot of engagements, you're racking mm-hmm. up, you know, multiple checks, you know, like it's nothing. But, like, those who have the heart for real ministry, mm-hmm. like, I don't see the issue with you speaking on what they do with their money. Right. Right. Yeah. Because um, it was a lot of conversation about certain things that happen in the church. And so I just wanted to kind of get your take on that. Um, let me see. What else? What else? What else? What else? I don't know what I missed because I had to excuse myself. Um I think we can just about cover what we wanted to talk about. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts or anything? Where do you see yourselves in the ministry like next five years? Where do, what are your goals with your ministry? Um, for me, um, two things. I would love to have um, one of the. I'm currently working on a project, um, literally here in the community. Um, many people don't know about it, but I guess. Ooh, we get the exclusive. The exclusive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I knows about it though. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Of course. You know. Of course. But one of the things that I would love, um, as we talk about like this community engagement, um, I really feel like there is a, a huge need. Um, here in our community, which is like Braddock, North Braddock, and Rankin, um, for like a community ministry center. Mm. Um, so I am currently um, kind of in the process of, you know, seeing what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my my heart's desire is to really see that um, functioning and and um, being utilized mm-hmm. um, in various capacities for the community for believers alike. Uh, for non-church goers, that hopefully that can be a space where they can experience God, you know, and experience regular people have conversations just like this, um, and they're interested in, in just creating more of a community engagement where you know on a Friday we could just be at that place and just chilling, mm-hmm. you know, and and having like conversations and um, yeah, so that's my desire. Um, currently have a space that we're looking at and we're kind of just done the architectural work um and and now we're about to get into this phase of seeing how much it's going to cost to to build it out um and so like that's you know that's what i would hope to to come to pass in the next five years um next next year Um, when God could do it quickly, <laughs> um, swiftly, Lord, <laughs> swiftly, Lord, do we it don't, now. We don't pray on that. Um, and so, as a plug, when it happens, like um, if everything is feasible for sure, I'm definitely going to do like some fundraising and things of that nature, just to um, just to kind of bring it together. There's already funds that are allocated for it, mm-hmm. um, so it's not like it's just a project that it just needs to be funded, but. Once we kind of get the numbers and see what we're working with, I truly want it to be um, a community-oriented where the people in the community have the ability to kind of help, um, you know, bring it to life as well. 
Um, and so that can be in various ways. The second thing, ultimately, um, I just want to be in full-time ministry, whatever that will look like. Um, I just want to have the capacity um, when ministry calls. I just want to be available to it. Um, you know, not necessarily in a pastoral kind of sense, but if that's where God has mm-hmm. me, cool, mm-hmm. I, I'm with it. But I just want to be fully available just to, you know, just to do ministry. What about you, Pop? Um, where are you taking White Lily? <laughs> so to the promised land. Similar to Nate, um, we're working on uh, a community center um, that'll be right next door to the church um, and something that's unconventional. Um, not your run-of-the-mill after-school programs mm-hmm. and, and things like that, but really like a place that addresses the needs of the community, whether it be um, mental health, whether it be um, social justice issues, whether it be you know elderly disenfranchisement, um, all, all those things. So um, similar to Nate, we are actually in the planning phase of that. Um, we've actually, we share the same uh, contractors with, with that project. Um, and I'm, a, I'm just a firm believer in um, celebrating what God is doing in other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started working the ball of the process got started under our previous pastor and I didn't know where to start um, when I started, but uh, one of our members, her dad used to do years. He had years of experience in construction business and I connected with him and a good friend of his. And when Nate told me about his project, you know, I connected them to Nate and the beauty about it is when, Nate's project will get done before mine. Mm. And I celebrate that because it, it's proof that God can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I'll feel connected to that vision. And, right. and so then plug into that vision. Um, and when God sees fit to bring about the community center, it's it's a must. It's not even a, a desire. It's a must on the West End. Um and God just keeps saying, like, dream big. Like, mm-hmm. so it's going to be like a $2 million project, but it's something that the West End has never seen. <laughs> Do it, Lord. <laughs> so you want me to cut you the check right now? I got it. It's, it's got like, it. But, but going back, I think I had talked to you, Annie, um, when I was down at Hampton. You had called and asked if the church had space um, for something that you had going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, our church didn't have the space to accommodate that. And I think one of the things that I would like to see is those who have things already going on being able to house to utilize mm-hmm. in the community center. Um, there's some awesome people in the West End doing awesome community work. And I would love to see that um, under one roof, like mm-hmm. one unified West End. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's my, that's my project for the next five or so years. And then... Um, by that time, I'll be out of seminary, um, still praying about whether I want to pursue a PhD or 
Go on and do it, Doc. Doc, go ahead, Doc. Go ahead, Doc. Doc Coleman, let's go on and claim that. Bishop Doc. All right, Bishop. But I I, I just, I I seriously, I I love education. Um, And I just think that, that. (laughs) like, our generation lacks those who can have intelligent conversation about Christianity without being offensive or overly sensitive and so um i just feel like there's a need for like our generation of preachers to provide what we weren't given Mm -hmm. um and so shout out to all the the young pastors who's doing great work i want to start calling people out by name because then they'll be in my messages (laughs) right you you didn't shout me out you You ain't say say my name (laughs) Say my yeah. name, say my name. <laughs> <laughs> Psalmist Nate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're here to support, you know, in Absolutely. any way we can. So, of course. The 15104 in the building. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, All right. Now, now, when I bring these prices out for this uh, project. <laughs> Listen, I told you. I got it. I will Listen, cut the if you just need somebody to write for you, I got that. I'm a bomb writer. I'll do that. What's you, what you writing? Nothing, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she's a, I can't. I can't. No, no, I'm saying. I can write the mess out of a paper. Or you know what I'm saying? Well, so I got we some papers can, we can coming finesse. out. We're good. Uh, I got paper being <laughs> we, can, we can finesse some things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can write the mess out of a paper. Uh, Let me know what we need to promote it. You need me to word some we stuff need for to, What we need to do, bring a van load of people over to wherever you you know, no, seriously. I mean, know. it's gonna be literally right down the street. I mean, how? Mm-hmm. I, nah, I ain't gonna give all that average, but <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, somebody will blog it. Yeah, right, right. It's gonna be right down in the mall. Satan. Um, mm-hmm. but it's really central. I think it's gonna be. Yeah. It's really, really central. It's really in the heart of and, our area. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. in the heart, and I feel like one of the challenges that I'm praying that does not happen because. Unfortunately, we're very territorial, mm-hmm. and churches are very territorial. I've sat in meetings um, with we were calling the Cameron clergy of um, the Mormon Valley or uh, of Braddock and North Braddock, and all of the pastors were there. And the same concept I, I talked about. I'm like, the generation they just want a place to be able to go. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to. They don't want a church. They're not, and most of them are not going to go into a church. Yeah. They just want a space that you can call, you know, your own, and that they can call their own, and we can do different projects and so on and so forth. And so, I'm hoping, to be honest, once I kind of get these numbers and um, that I, I can, you know, talk to the pastors. There's ideas that I have, um, you know, one crazy. I, I mean, it's not a crazy idea, but just a simple idea. Um, if all the churches that we have in the local area, if they would take a Saturday and every Saturday we could have like a prayer breakfast, mm. you know, like oh, that's a good idea. How, how simple is that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, people are coming just from the community, your church, and it doesn't have to, you don't have to promote a church. You just come in, cook and breakfast. And, and, and if people need prayer, there it is. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so just simple things like that. Like, how is it that you, uh, <laughs> 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 um, but how is it that we can be effective as a generation, like right. in, in simple forms? Um, and so, yeah, that I'll definitely keep you guys posted for sure. I think those that's great, like particularly on this side, like of course over on the west end, but over on this side because there's like 
80 million churches within Jesus. the same block, it would be nice yeah, to have on, like, every a corner. place, right? Like, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, who don't want to give up their independence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that will allow for opportunity for us to come together for something, mm-hmm. whether it's we do Bible studies mm-hmm. or whether we, like you said, do prayer breakfast or something. There has to be a way that we can come together because it's literally like every church just mm-hmm. stays to themselves. And for me, that's the biggest disappointment. It is. Of you have to get to the point where you say, I want to connect to it even if my name's not on it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, that's yes. hard I agree with that. for, yes. for pastors to oh. give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the issues that I run into on the West End. It's just like, like, let me know what y'all got going on because what I don't want to do is duplicate or try mm-hmm. to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're already doing it, just let me know and we can connect to it. You can it. work it out, yeah. Um, and so, but there's a hesitance. Um, I think especially among, like, that me and Nate talk about this all the time, the older preacher and the younger preacher. Like, there's a disconnect of, I don't know if it's a fear that, if I invite you in or if I give you a platform, then you'll steal my members. Yeah. But I'm just like, if you're pastor and effectively, you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. one of my things is I invite young preachers to preach for me all the time. Mm-hmm. Some of them can preach better than me. But if I'm doing a job as a pastor and I have nothing to worry right. about, like, I'll let Nate preach and I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Like, and his message may be better than mine, mm-hmm. but it's not about that. It's just like, okay, I know I'm effectively pastor my people. And so there's not absolutely nothing to worry about. Right. Um, I brought in plenty of young preachers over the last year or so. And I go back and listen to the message. Like, man, that was dope. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, praise God. But mm-hmm. you don't, you don't find that often mm-hmm. because there's a, there's a territorial nature mm-hmm. to say, you can't have my members. Mm-hmm. I know, um, and I'm not going to say which church because I don't want to, you know, put them on blast. But we had talked about combining with their church because there's so many churches just in the one, yeah. one block, really. And um, they literally told us no because they were opposed to giving up their name. And it was like, what? <laughs> like that... That bothered me so much because you're holding on to this name or what you have put on a pedestal as your legacy, not seeing the bigger picture. Which will not be effective. Yeah. It's funny because earlier today, I I was actually going to make a post about it, how we always talk about in the kingdom, because that's the kingdom um, conversation, the kingdom. Um, that there's a lack of resources. Mm-hmm. But earlier today I was thinking like there's no there's no lack in the kingdom because it's God's kingdom mm-hmm. and there's no lack in God. Mm-hmm. And so because there's no lack in God, his kingdom has everything that it needs. But where the lack is is the fact that the people that are managing mm-hmm. the kingdom mm-hmm. they're stingy. Yeah. And because they're stingy, it appears that there's a lack in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like we there's everything that we need in the in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something small like that, I talk about that all the time. 
there's no reason why churches cannot combine because we're serving the same God. Um, where hopefully we have the same mission, Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we're, we're just wanting people to grow with God and it's not about the, and I tell people this all the time. And that's why I always say, I don't know if that has me past some people say, yo, you're going to be passing whatever. I just want to be a part of something that's effective. Mm-hmm. As long as it's like effective and people are like coming to know God and they're mm-hmm. developing a relationship, I can care less where it's at, to be honest. Right. I just want people to know that this relationship mm-hmm. with God is is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and it can, man, it'll, it'll change your life if you let it. Mm-hmm. And so those things are disheartening because we're holding on to, uh, to think, yeah, we're holding on to things that that that's causing more more di- um, more friction in the kingdom. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Like, I know. I know. A ch- matter of fact. Story This is it. Just got right. So. So there was a there's a scenario. That I know two different churches that are less than five, not even two minutes away from each other, that derived from the same church, but two, same denomination, everything. They came from the same leader less than two minutes away. One probably have 10 members, one probably have four members, whatever. <laughs> not four. Like, <laughs> whatever. Not, not a lot. A whole, a whole 14 combined. Like, seriously. And I'm just like, why? Like, why? Why? Mm-hmm. This is a lack of, you got two light bills going on. Like, you got mm-hmm. all of this stuff that we're not a mindful of. And yeah. we're wondering why the world, the world is much happier than we are mm-hmm. because they're not wasting their resources. Right. They don't mm-hmm. mind kind of sharing. The, we we mind sharing mm-hmm. and there's no Deep. sacrifice mm-hmm. like there's no sacrifice and even this project you know it's a huge sacrifice on my end you know like it, it's a huge sacrifice but I believe personally and I think this is what happens when you have pastors that care like they make sacrifices via their family via you know, I, I can take the money that's going to be invested into this project and probably my daughter's school can be paid for. Mm-hmm. But I believe that the return on this opportunity that so many people in their lives can be changed from mm-hmm. it. Um, and, and that's what I'm just truly believing God. Or I can have invested like Annie come and just write a check for the whole Listen, thing. I'm telling <laughs> and then we're good. I'm you telling know? you, I got it. <laughs> Just don't cash it for a couple of years. <laughs> we waiting, Lord. We waiting on you, Lord. Do it, Lord. <laughs> a couple years. Do it. <laughs> so, I think I'm out of questions. Shell, you have Me any too. questions? I think I'm done, too. Okay. I don't have anything else. Because we can have benediction. Like we can. And now, Father, we got to get to the close now. I'm coming on in. He got up three days later. Preach, Nate. Preach, Nathaniel. Y'all are crazy. Lord, this thing then went, we almost at two hours. Wow, really? Yeah. That's what happens when you... Just... You got long-winded pastors. I mean, hey. <laughs> My wife called and she was like, y'all gonna talk for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even this is good stuff, though. We didn't even get Fine. to our... Uh... 
the ratchet. Our topics are ratchet. Yeah, the Lord said just forget the ratchet. <laughs> just forget, forget the ratchet for today. That's what though. This is the Lord's episode. <laughs> we made it this far without a That's why. That prayer before we started. We too. did. We Look did. at God. Look at that. We might Only we probably do it. should. Yes, Only do it. We should. Will he won't? Will he won't? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. <laughs> Y'all are dumb. <laughs> no, that was dope, though. Y'all are real dope. dumb. <laughs> we probably should tap out because if we get into the ratchet, there might be a. <laughs> no, no, we gonna get into it anyway. Yeah, why not? Okay, it's well, all right. She wanted to be a ratchet, like I, I, I need my ratchet part. <laughs> I'm not gonna cuss though, because it's not it's not that ratchet. It's really True. Not that it ratchet. really isn't. We don't have that much. Y'all, yes. y'all sticking around? It's not that ratchet. Y'all mm-hmm. tapping in? Okay. We're gonna we can do we can do what's his name? Flash? Who? Fat. Mm. They call them See, I almost cussed already. <laughs> I um, saw, listen, I saw some. No, no, I'm some lying. Never mind. <laughs> I seen a lot of. A, I memes? saw that one. I saw <laughs> that one. I did see that one. <laughs> I'm trying. I did. To, I'm trying not to laugh. I did see that, that one. And funny. I didn't want to laugh because I was like, oh, that's that just. What did he really hit her though? We don't get there. Oh. Let me go. I need to stick around for this news. I'm saying goodbye. Um, I feel we're going to go. <laughs> Bye about that. We can talk about. So, oh, wait, hold on. I got my notes in the wrong spot. Uh, I know we had Tyrone Hankerson. That's the, the Howard dude. Yeah, we can talk about him. First, shout out to the to the young man who. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael uh, Brown. Michael Brown. How ironic is that? Um, who got accepted into 20 colleges. He got full rides to 20 colleges. Look at God. Okay. And. Um, that is definitely some some black boy joy that we need right about now. And I love seeing them little videos of them celebrating. Yeah, when that, they get accepted, that's that so is nice. amazing. One that thing, is so nice. One thing that did make me upset, and I cussed. No, nope, we ain't doing that. We ain't talking about them. Okay. Because I knew what you were going to say, and I don't know. We're not doing them. Okay. We're not going to let the devil steal our joy tonight. <laughs> we're not going to let the white devil. Not the white devils. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it. Not tonight. Okay. On tonight. <laughs> on tonight. <laughs> on tonight. I knew exactly what you was going to okay. say, and I said, all right, we're not going to do that. We're, nope. we're not going to go there not tonight. tonight. Okay. We're in a good all place right, right now. But so, shout out to him. That's absolutely. amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love seeing the kids celebrate each other. Yes. That's it is so a beautiful thing. Black boy joy. Yeah. Black, Black boy, boy joy. That's a hashtag mm-hmm. on Twitter. Somebody started that. I forgot who it was. I seen the one yesterday um, where the mom was there. The mom and the dad was there when the, the boy was opening it up. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, thank you, Jesus, the whole time. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Praise no, for said, real, because oh, it yes. ain't nothing but God. Okay? Oh, yes. You know what I love? I love, this is so random, but I love watching Family Feud and watching like when the black families is on there, you can tell when they real saved <laughs> and they win that money. <laughs> they, Ooh, they be jumping. them they shots got that, be real got that stiff money. Jump. They got that stiff jump. Yes. <laughs> that coaching <laughs> shout. Get into it. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Shout out to the youngins doing it. They are. They are. Um, um, who? Else who what's the other? The one you just said. The one that was stealing all the money. Tyrone Hankerson. <sighs> Sir. So okay. Sir. Will a man rob Sally Mae? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Didn't need us. Didn't need us. 
Uh, First of all, Ty. Rone. Yeah. Roney. Roney. Ty Ty. <laughs> Hank, what you doing? Hanky. <laughs> <laughs> Hank. Listen. It was him and it was like six other people that got um fired for yeah. stealing the money. Yeah, yeah. So it was like over a million dollars of financial aid money. Yeah. Stolen. It and then you had first of all, you're a law student. <laughs> and then you had the nerve to be going walking around oh, with living his best life. Looking like dang on snuffleupagus living in his that fur. Best life on Instagram. Now. Okay. <laughs> Taking pictures like with his jumping up in the air with his toes pointed. Right. Like a whole he, back, he had that. a whole photo shoot. <laughs> he should have waited for retirement for that, man. Listen. <laughs> like, you can't you can't do that right now. Like, you going out of the country on people's finance and there you know how many people had to drop out of school because they didn't have no money because their their like, loans said they didn't go through. Wait until you graduated, my dude. dude. Like, he yeah, was still perfect. working in the office, mm. stealing all this money. Foolish. And then he's suing the school yeah. for ten million dollars, sir. Talking you about, already have your money. What? How much more are you trying to get? Talking about they leaked his information or something like that. The dude stole over. Second together, running over. Stop. I can't stand y'all tonight. Stop it. (laughs) But you stole a whole four hundred something thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how that happened. How Tata? Tata, Tata. And I didn't get a chance to watch his interview to you know defend his case. Um, Of course, I can't. I'm sure he denied it, but because I mean, I know he's not the first person to do stuff like this. I'm not, I know. I mean, this. I feel like somebody had to tell him, like, "Yo, what you need to do is somebody put him on to that." But but you gonna steal from your brothers and sisters? He not woke. Stay woke, man. He's not woke. He clearly ain't. How did they find out? I don't remember. Um. I'm 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 guessing the pictures gave it away because he was way too flashy. Yeah, okay. He was in a picture with a Range Rover. Yeah, that's what they said. A Range Rover. A Range Rover. Um, Range Rover. He had a mink in there. Oh, he had to snuffle up against mink on, and he had a Gucci bag and everything. Yep, they caught him. It says uh, Twitter quickly picked up on. Wait, 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 hold on. You know, black social media don't play. Right. No, no, not at all. I thought I was stunting when I got my re- um, <laughs> refund. Okay. At school. Little, little 1500 I thought I was stunting. <laughs> my man been out here driving cars, like all of it. All of it. Crazy. But, and then he did an interview a couple years back, and he was talking like, yeah, these people have hard time, hardships or something like that. You're the hardship. Right. You are the hardship, <laughs> my man. Hank. What you doing, Hanky? Hanky! <laughs> I'm so mad at him. Tyrone Hankerson Jr. I wonder what seniors thinking about you right now. <laughs> seniors a little disappointed. Yes. A little disappointed. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now you know we didn't He's probably living nice him. right now. <laughs> He probably said that in a couple of Yeah, Senior got some of them coins. Senior, senior yeah. got some of those coins. Senior quiet. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't saying a word. He definitely got some of them coins. He's relocated. You're going to come back see now. Like, I ain't seen nothing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, did, I didn't raise him to be like this. I don't. <laughs> you are dumb. Lord them poor mercy. kids, though, who had to, um, not kids, but you know, some students who had to drop out. That's terrible. Because when I tell you, Hampton almost didn't see me for a semester because I ain't had it had that money. He got, he had, he got you. <laughs> he got you, Andy. <laughs> we gotta go 
to catch the fade. Y'all are silly. Yeah, there's no alternative but the fear one. No, yeah, that's no. it. That is it. That should be his punishment. Like, you gotta square up with everybody you took money from. And that's a lot of students. Hey, you know they, you know they bougie down there. They wear brunch boots. So he would have to catch a brunch boot to the Did face. you say brunch boots? Mm-hmm. What, the, what is a brunch Them boot? little fancy Ooh. little Chelsea boots. You never seen no. Like Chelsea she boots. She had a Holy Ghost caught anything. You, you still oh, heard yeah. it. Right? Yeah. You heard it. You oh, yes. heard it. Uh-huh. Oh, Jesus. I had uh-huh. to bring that back in. <laughs> you know they you know they bougie. It dog. almost happened. A, ch- a brunch boot. A brunch now, I ain't boot. never in my black life hold heard of a brunch boot. Now, I gotta pull. I'm gonna pull it up for you. These little fancy little uh, fake bougies. Fancy fake bougies. These, these little tight boots right here. Oh, those are called brunch boots? Yeah, almost like brunch boots. You know, the fake bougie crowd. We were in them to like brunch. They're not cute. They're not. Mm-mm. They're not. Like <laughs> They're not. Mm, okay. But he would have to catch one to the face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, oh, Tata. Poor kid. I mean, not uh, really. Yeah, poor. <laughs> no, he, he's, he's definitely not poor. poor. He's not poor. That's he said, y'all poor. I ain't poor, though. <laughs> so, um... Black China, are we going to talk about her? Do we feel like it? I just want to say that I'm not mad at her because I don't want, I wouldn't want a stranger touching my baby either. Yeah. I just feel like China says you just have to um, conduct yourself accordingly. You can't be out of Six Flags just fighting people though. I get it because I wouldn't want nobody touching my kid either, but you already in. She swung the mess out that stroller. <laughs> stroller was flying. She swung okay? the mess out that thing. <laughs> You can't you can't just be fighting people, you know, all willy nilly because you feel like it. Like you got at some point you got to grow up. Or her boyfriend's twelve, so I mean that's true. That is true. She how old is she? Too old. Yeah, her boyfriend's like <laughs> For this twelve and a half. So she's and, and mentally she's that's that's gross. Her boyfriend, yeah, is real he, he looks all of twelve mentally. Like China. I was listening to the read earlier, and we were talking about like. You know, folks was on China's side when she first got pregnant because they thought she was going to be mm-hmm. the one to, like, mm-hmm. take down the Kardashians. And now she's just, like... Out here a mess. <sighs> out here ruining her life. Acting a cuss word. <laughs> that we're not going to say tonight. we're not going to say. See, look at God working. <laughs> Ain't he moving? <laughs> the pastors came in and they calmed us down. <laughs> See? We have to have y'all around more often. <laughs> Hang a picture on the wall and do something because it gets pretty bad. <laughs> it gets pretty bad. So, um, celebrities clap your hands and everything. <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, <laughs> see, Pop, you trying to you trying to go there? You trying to go there? And I almost went there. I with can't. You. I can't I stop laughing. Went there. Oh, the science is about to make you cut. Science. <laughs> I almost went there with you. Oh, it's crazy. Huh. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So, uh, we're going to talk about y'all's boy, Fab? Jabulous. Jabulous. <laughs> <laughs> that is not funny, but that's funny. <laughs> I think the name is funny. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know the whole scenario, though. So David, um, John, David, what's his name? David. Jackson. John, 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 John Jackson. Jack. It's real basic. Like, it, it, isn't it? 
are you gonna be tough with a name like that? That's Fabulous's name. John yeah. John John Jackson. John Jackson. With Jonathan. Jonathan, get out <laughs> of my face. Hey, John. She should have just called him John. Yeah, <laughs> that probably, that's probably what made him yeah, angry. Yeah, he probably, that probably what set him off. Get my guy. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you I'm fabulous. <laughs> You're going to catch these jabs to the face. <laughs> so, um, you know, everybody came up with some kind. They was going around Facebook and stuff that Emily's dad stole $300,000 from him. And she was in on it. I don't know how true that is. Where? where I, in the house. To in the house. I don't. I don't know how true that is. And even then, you is supposed to come out the dead. You just got three hundred dollars running around the credit. Okay, because listen. Don't leave my ties around. Listen. <laughs> listen. I be right here collecting my little quarters and stuff, putting them up. Right okay, who does right. that? Three hundred thousand. Give me pennies. I be sitting looking up for pennies on the ground. Okay, G- give me that. Give me this fifty-two cent. I need that. So, um, apparently, I guess that was part of the reason. And then he just went off and knocked two of her teeth out. Punched her seven times and knocked her, oh, her so teeth really out. Happened. Like, do you... Yeah, he, he turned himself in to the police. And, you know... He going down, down, down. He probably, He's facing, like, probably 10 probably years or something like that. He's, and he probably won't serve He probably won't. Yeah, that time. I doubt it. Um, like, how stupid are you, like, in this climate of Ray Rice and all that other stuff? Like, you just out here still punching girls? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, again, listening to me, <clears> this is what they said. Um, men who treat women badly don't fail in our society. They don't. Like... Not saying that he went into it with the mindset like, oh, I can get away with it. Well, he probably did. But because of situations like, take, like look at R. Kelly still selling out shows mm-hmm. and he's out here peeing on little girls. You know what I mean? Like, so men in our society get away with stuff, particularly when it comes to women, even more specifically black women. And the good and- men suffer. <laughs> Y'all Severe, do severely, and especially you if do. you're a favorite rapper or a favorite yeah. celebrity at anything, people are like, "Oh, they don't seem like that type." But you don't know how people are behind closed doors. Like honestly, even look at Chris Brown's career. Chris has not missed a meal since he no, beat Rihanna. Started. No, he hasn't. And so it's like <clears throat> but he forgot about it legitimately. But he, but then he went to beating Karuchi, Karuchi. um, Crumb cake. Yeah, what's her name? Her Coffee cake. <laughs> yeah. You know, he went on beating her. So. And so that's why I say he's not going to serve. Not nan bit of that time that they're saying he's uh, up against or whatever. He's not. Even if he did, I'll even go further and say that his career is not going to suffer. No, he well, just did a show the other day. That there's always like an immediate search for an excuse on why he did it. Yeah. What did she do? Why she stayed so long? And what bothered me is that there were other women, women saying, women. well, what did she do? I need more to the story. Yeah, because there got to be I, more. Like she had to have done something for what? Yeah. Like, do you realize how hard you got to punch somebody to knock two of their teeth two out? Two teeth out? Two adult teeth? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. and the first thing that comes to people's mind is, oh, well, what does she do? Like, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, but that goes back to, like, that um, <clears throat> that page I screenshotted. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the expectation of what the black woman's supposed to endure, mm-hmm. like, on behalf of the black man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was reading that, like, wow, that's deep. Yeah. Because we are expected to take a lot of abuse. 
is hit me. No. Let me tell you. Even though my brother's in jail, he'll ask for a temporary pass and be like, look, I'll be back. You just go handle this real <laughs> quick. Y'all gonna come and arrest me anyway, so. And my listen. dad. Yeah, because Big Rich is crazy. You too. know, and my dad, is. he might, he's this tall. And he might seem shout like the quietest. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to, to Lloyd. Words, Mr. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> but he might seem like the quietest, most calm, funny, whatever. Hit one of his daughters. It's, it's a wrap. And buttons. But it's a button. And you then, can't even nurse buttons. You can't even talk to me with buttons. <laughs> I'm about to unfollow you buttons. can't even. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did unfollow Dude, buttons. It's crazy. Lock, He's man. crazy. I think I He's did crazy. unfollow. Word of war. He's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and then I think Bev might be crazier than all of them. So I don't know. It's just not looking good. It's not looking good. But I, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that people are still caping for. Um, and then who was it? The game made a post on Instagram talking about social media, trying to ruin this man's family and trying to tear him down <clears throat> as a black man and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like once you become famous, like you, you give up, you give that mm-hmm. up, and I and I tell people all the time that, you know, if you want fame, like you're really giving up, like your life, mm-hmm. yeah, um, because nothing is private anymore, and so people's pers- um, project their perspective on whatever is is valid, even if it's mm-hmm. if it's not true, mm-hmm. and so the video that I've seen of it, I'm just like. To me, I just felt like it did, this was my perspective on the bi- video that I've seen. I just seen, of course, whatever the scenario happened before, I don't know. But he was angry in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I know when people are angry in moments, anything can happen. You say things. Women say, oh, I didn't mean it. And I was just angry. Well, I said so I, I, <laughs> but and then you don't. But men don't get the same grace, though. Mm-hmm. Like a man, like he still has to have like this cool for Z when when they're angry. So they can't say stuff with that they didn't mean like when they were angry. Um and so like in that video I just seen like he was angry at whatever the scenario was. And of course just from that a lot of people were giving their feedback on mm-hmm. that. I'm just like he had a bodyguard there that was, you know, restraining him and holding him back. Granted, again he made that threat. Um but again people make threats when they're angry, right? Like, and I feel like how we try to dissect something sometimes, it's just like to the T. And it's just like, he might have went home that night and it was cool, but social media could have had the ability to kind of like blow it up. And then whatever happened. For me, what was troubling about that video, like, you're right, people do say stuff when they're angry, but... <clears throat> for me, the first thing I noticed was how terrified of him she was. He was. Like, he didn't even necessarily jump at her or lunge at her, but anytime he directed his conversation to her, she immediately, like, backed up. Backed up. Yeah. And for me, it was like, okay, that's very telling. Because mm-hmm. that ain't extreme. the first time. Oh, yes. Yeah. That ain't the first time. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just find it disappointing like i said that after all of this this man will still have a career and i just hate that like we said everybody's like what did she do why she stay so long she must like it but she when people are abusive they threaten your life your kids whatever it is so who's who is to say why she's staying there so long and her life i mean her self-esteem might really be low but he probably could be threatening her too (laughs) shut up um, they say (laughs) 
They say in an abusive uh, relationship, they said the average, um, it takes a person nine times mm-hmm. um, to, before they actually yep. leave. And so they'll say that they yep. leave, that they're going to leave, and they might actually leave, but they come back. But they come back. And they say um, it takes them, on average, nine times mm-hmm. of leaving before they eventually leave. Because so, it's that cycle. Mm-hmm. They fall into that cycle. And and it's more so, it's deeper than that, mm-hmm. you know? And it, and it could have been something that happened within her family mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah. I got to stay connected to this. Yeah. Or he could have been yeah. he could have been saying something nice to her mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, he's sorry. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm going to go ahead and, mm-hmm. and accept it. But So the original story that came out was that he found out that she was in L.A., while he was in LA and he got mad over that. Now there's more, yeah, I, I feel like that. there's more to that story, but even that in and of itself is because he sent text messages to her like, abusive. like I would kill you, but I don't with a bat, but I don't want to go out like that or something. Like whoa, I what? Like, oh yeah, it's crazy. Like first of all, why are you mad at me? Because I'm in LA. I am a grown cuss word adult. <laughs> I mean that right there is abusive type of like. Right. What are you doing? What are you talking yeah. about? Why are you mad? Right. Why, that I'm here. <clears throat> So, I don't know. I can't lie. I, I have to check myself sometimes because I'll be like, oh, you're stupid. Why are you even with this dude? But, you know, abuse People, is real. Yeah. I mean, and it goes both ways, too. Like, you know, men get abused, too. And men might not say that, but some of y'all get abused, too, and it's not cool. Sure. Even on that end. No. But, you know, I have to check myself sometimes, too, because I would catch myself sometimes like, you know, just talking about people I know. Like, why don't you just leave? You stupid. I thought you was out here abusing people. Oh, hey. Word. Yes, you can check it. Word. Let me go get the oil. Word. Word. You did it twice, too. I said, okay, Lord. You really out work in here, huh? Lord, really out work. I'm so mad. You grabbed that water bottle. Sprinkler, Lord. Sprinkler. Listen, we got some avocado on the back. We can do this real quick. Show. Yes, it's real. I, I will have to check myself talking about people like that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all crazy. Sure. I think that anything else important happened? Safari got robbed. I heard about that. I love Safari. I don't care what anybody say. I like Safari. I can't help myself. I felt bad that he was on there ready to cry. And then people was like, T.I. said something like, like, cold world. I want T.I. I, I want Tip Harris, Clifford. I want him to shut his mouth. Please. I can't. I can't. I don't like him. I need, I need Cliff to be just like going ahead and be quiet. Nobody hit his buzzer. Nobody asked him to chime into any part of that conversation. Just going ahead and. He um, always doing that, though. He always making comments like, why don't you shut up and go somewhere with your little five foot one and a half behind and your two pounds self soaking wet. Nobody asked you. Go have a seat. In the media. With your crooked hat. <laughs> go sit down. With your crooked hat. <laughs> he gets on my nerve. Like, I just thought that was so ignorant. Yeah. It's a cold world or something like that. Like, yeah. He ain't supposed to be scared because somebody was holding a gun to his head. Like, that's ignorant. And Safari, that's not even his MO. No. <laughs> he ain't no thug like that. No. He out here selling, uh, what is it? Coconut, Coconut oil. oil and underwear. Like, <laughs> Safari ain't oh. nobody's thug. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. It wasn't nothing else really going on. It really so, wasn't. It was kind of dry. It was kind of dry. dry too, but, uh. I guess we can wrap this on up then. So, so again, thank y'all for um coming and, and 
preaching a good word. The petty passers for the yam. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> and for keeping us from cussing. Yes. Yes, Lord. See. Yeah, this is my. I'm good. really I, proud of I, I us. I can't even listen to y'all with my kids in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody y'all said that to me one time. I was like, oh. like, I got, mm-hmm. got the cup. You know what? I actually said that to somebody. I was just like, I think who was it? The one with EP. I was listening to yeah. that one. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, but like, I one of my individuals <laughs> got in the car. I was like, I turned this off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. I think I really do really good for everybody. Go. Because I feel like a lot more people are made mm-hmm. listen to it because I feel like you guys have substance and the people that you guys invite on there, you know, like they're really kind of being open and honest. Shout out to Buddha Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Buddha definitely checked in to make sure to see if we were still Did recording. <laughs> Shout out to Buddha. Um, That's our little producer. Our, our little. Our yamp. Right. Our yamp. <laughs> so. So, but yeah. yeah, thank you guys for being here. I know this was a long episode, but honestly, it didn't feel but like no, it. But no, it was really, really good, like, conversation and good That's information yeah. and stuff. Like, I, I really enjoyed so y'all being here. you guys, so. for sure. And hopefully somebody gets saved. Okay. Come to the Lord. Listen, the doors, the doors of the church, the church are, are now open. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? <laughs> or two. There's still room at the cross. Okay. There's still room. <laughs> hmm. Come okay. on to the law. We ever hear something. He died on Friday. And <laughs> <laughs> he got up <laughs> early Sunday morning. I don't know how you got the three days out of that, but early. <laughs> Sunday morning. I swear, everything I was thinking about that the other day. Like, what the third day? Yeah, that day. Y'all are crazy. Lord have mercy. Y'all are crazy. All right, y'all. We tapping out. Y'all got any last comments, real quick? Any any last thoughts? No, I mean, honestly, the the last thing that I would say, I would encourage um, anybody that's like listening to it that um. So ultimately say to anyone that is like discouraged or even their concept of like um, developing like a relationship with God, um, it's like really just getting around people that will like really just encourage them towards God and not focusing on finding a, a church. I feel like finding a church will come in its time. Mm-hmm. Like your God will be able to kind of plant you somewhere. Um, but what's most important is like having that desire to obtain a relationship with God and we'll do the rest sure okay all right y'all Pop, so you got anything you did no nah, I just want to um, encourage Christians not to be so short-sighted when people don't readily accept what we have to say mm-hmm. um, that's a good part of our responsibility that's is to contend <clears throat> for the faith and contending for the faith involves conversations with people who may not readily agree with what you always believe in. So, um, but be willing to have the dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's only Christ who can say it's not true. So, Amen. Do your part. God will do His. Okay. Amen. I don't. I don't have any words of wisdom. Me either. <laughs> Thank y'all, y'all for listening. That's that's what I got. <laughs> y'all be blessed. Amen. Y'all be blessed. Be safe. Amen. And we. God out. loves you. <laughs> God is Bye. good God. all the time and all, all the time. time. God is good. Be Let out. the church say amen. <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>